Welcome to Career Tools. This week, preparing for your one-on-one. The questions this class answers are, how do I get ready for my one-on-one? What things should I be talking about in my one-on-one? And how do I make sure my one-on-ones are effective? Sarah, sometimes it's the simplest things that trip us up. Our manager puts aside 30 minutes a week to talk to us about anything we want to talk about, anything at all, and we begin to take it for granted. And it's one of those meetings where it happens every week and you start off by being really good about preparing for it. And then after a year of doing them, you realize, wow, I used to be really good at this and now I forget things or I forget to bring things up or I don't write them on my list or whatever. So we're going to go over how to prepare for your one-on-one and make sure that everybody is is being as effective as possible with that 30 minutes of undivided attention that you get, which if your boss is one of those people who's never in, never and is always doing something else, then those 30 minutes of undivided attention are really useful. We don't want to waste them. So what's our outline? All right, our outline for today contains seven things. First, take 20 minutes the morning or afternoon prior to the one-on-one in order to prepare. Check your notes from last week. Check all the emails your boss has sent you. Check all the emails that you sent your boss. Check any reporting mechanisms. Check your follow-up list. And finally, check your task list. It's a long list. But mostly, mostly it'll go fast. So we'll, we'll cover all those. Before we start, I just want to cover two things. First, if your boss doesn't do a one-on-one, you can still benefit from this cast. If you go to the website, www.manager-tools.com and type in the search box professional updates you can see how you can have a one-on-one with your boss without actually having a one-on-one that he or she puts together or, or arranges you can do a weekly update with your boss which effectively becomes a one-on-one without having to get them to do this new fangled one-on-one thing which As we've said before, don't give feedback to your boss. Don't try to tell your boss how to manage. But you can ask for a weekly meeting and you're not telling them, oh, we really should have one-on-ones. Second, if you're a manager and you're not doing one-on-ones, one-on-ones are the most important thing that you can be doing. It's the easiest, the quickest way to get your team working better, to make your life easier, and just to have more results as a manager. So if you haven't started one-on-ones, go to the website and press get started in the menu bar. And you'll see under there, there's a section called basics. And if you go to the basics, one-on-ones is the first section. So you can listen to the three one-on-ones casts and how to roll it out and what one-on-ones are all about. If you're not doing them yet, we recommend you start like now. And while you're on the website, if you're looking at one-on-ones or the Trinity in general, look for the information about Roadmap. Roadmap's part of our app and it helps you roll out one-on-ones and feedback and coaching. It gives you all sorts of information as you go along day by day about what you should be doing, why you should be doing it and how it'll be helpful to you. And it also helps you track your one-on-ones and see how well you're doing. So having said that, we'll get started. So the first thing we said was take 20 minutes the morning or afternoon before your one-on-one to prepare. So Wendy, if your one-on-one is in the morning, you would take 20 minutes at the end of the afternoon the day prior. Or if your one-on-one is in the afternoon, take 20 minutes the morning before 
to prepare. Now, as you said, it's a long list. The outline um, for this guidance has seven tasks. Now, that's not the reason that we tell you to take 20 minutes so much earlier than your one-on-one is occurring. It's not going to take more than 20 minutes to do everything on this list. The list does seem big, but it's not going to take that long to do it. Most weeks, it's going to take a lot less time, actually, than 20 minutes. We we say set it aside just so it's there. Um, But the reason we tell you to start early is so that while you're going through the list, you're never fail happens every time. You're going to stumble across things that, oh, shoot, I forgot I was supposed to prepare for that or I was supposed to report on that this week. Things that you need to get done um, that you may have forgotten about, didn't get done, or were overlooked. And it would be good to wrap those things up before your 03. So having that 20 minutes, is it's good. It, it provides a cushion as well for things that might need to be done. One of the things I find is I'll have asked someone for some information that I want to take to my boss and maybe they haven't got back to me yet. If I ask them three minutes before my one-on-one, I can guarantee (laughs) they are not going to get me that information in time for my one-on-one. But if I ask them in the afternoon of the day before, then I will get it by the morning of the next day, assuming that they're working and all those kind of things. But nine times out of ten, if I ask someone in our team for some information... And I say, hey, I need it for my one-on-one. It's tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock. I will get that that information before my one-on-one. So starting a long time beforehand gives you some leeway time to make sure that there aren't things on your list which are sort of half done or you haven't quite finished off or you haven't got the information that you've been asked for. Absolutely. You just know that your manager is going to follow up on those this week. Worst case scenario, you can say, you know what, I followed up with... Wendy on that, I haven't got an answer yet, but at least you're still making making moves, right? yeah. going down the path. So for example, your boss might have asked you to see if you can find a file that you probably archived. And because it's a small task, it could be overlooked, right? You've got 10 other things that are way more important and they're taking all your time and energy and you just forget that you're supposed to get this task or every time you look at your list, you just skim over it. But your boss has got it on their list, right? They have a list from their one-on-one, their last one-on-one, and it says, I asked Wendy for this. And, you know, you don't want to go into a one-on-one and go, oh, yeah, I forgot that. In fact, I had to do that this morning in my 03, and I was really annoyed. I was annoyed at myself because I knew it was there. And so this preparation time gives you time to get any of those tasks done. If you don't need it, it's fine. If you do, it's a lifesaver. Absolutely. The next piece of our guidance is check your one-on-one notes from the previous week. And obviously, everyone listening to this has a one-on-one notebook, course, right? Right. Yeah. Every, right? Exactly. That's, that's a rhetorical question because I know that everyone does. Now, if you don't, side note, you need one. Now, it can be a physical notebook, right? Or it could be just, just pages, sheets in a folder. But... Those notes um, ideally should be separate from all of the other notes that you're taking in all of your other meetings. Because it's too easy if it's in one shared notebook for everything to blend together and you can't find them. So you want it to be separate, a separate task list, uh, notes to self, separate from all of that. Now, we strongly recommend also that it is something that is written by hand as opposed to typing. 
said list for one-on-ones. And you can keep notes during the week about what you want to talk about in an electronic form, if that's what you want, but your notebook needs to be handwritten for two reasons. First, you are much less likely to get distracted if you're not looking at your laptop during your meeting. If you're looking at a list that's on a Word document, say, and it's on your screen and you've got other things happening on your screen, all sorts of things happen. Even if you've turned off all the notifications, I still seem to get notifications about things like, oh, look, it's time to update your Mac OS. No, no, it's not. So it's really easy to get distracted if you're looking at a screen. And if you're looking at a book, it's much harder to get distracted. And the second thing is, it's hard to write the kind of notes that you want to make in an O3 when you're typing. So if you write your list of things you want to talk about, when your boss tells you the answers or gives you some guidance or whatever, you end up wanting to write in between the things or you want to capture to-do items and you want to put... You want to highlight them, so you have to put a big star by them. It takes like two seconds to draw a star, and it takes, I don't know, maybe it doesn't take longer, but it seems to take longer when you have to highlight a piece of text and then press the bold thing and the italic thing if you're doing it on notes. And and you want to capture things in a non-linear way in your one-on-one because the one-on-one is a conversation, and conversations aren't linear. And so handwriting works way better. And if you don't believe us, please just try it for a month. And if you really want to go back to your type notes, then fine, go back to your type notes. But we're sure handwriting will be better. And if your excuse is that your handwriting is terrible and you can't read it, I'm sorry, that's a really bad excuse. You are in control of how you write. You learn to write. When you were at school, you could write legibly. It's like saying, oh, I don't wear pants because I can't put them on. It's not a good excuse. Yeah, it's not a good excuse. You can write better, and you should. Absolutely. And the vast majority of people, even though everyone says my handwriting is chicken scratch, they can all read their own writing. It's not like this is notes that we're asking you to take for someone else to decipher later. Then, yeah, maybe. But I know even for myself, I read a lot of symbols, and without Knowing the context of the conversation and exactly what all of those symbols mean inside my own head, no one else can read them, but they make sense to me. And that's the only person that matters. Right. Nobody else is ever going to look at your three notes. Absolutely. Now, the first part of preparing for your one-on-one is looking at your notes from the last week. Did you have anything you skipped and you want to add maybe this upcoming week? It's really not unusual to have like non-urgent items on your one-on-one list that you skip intentionally for several reasons. You're running out of time. You and your boss are having one of those days where it's just like, you know, I don't, we're having a rough day. I don't think this is the right time to bring this up. Lots of times I find it's other things that are more important and bigger take up more time than I predict they will. So it's easy to take this smaller, non-important item and kind of back burner it because it's just not that important this week. So you want to review last week's notes. Are there any of those items that were unimportant that you want to transfer forward to talk about this week instead? Then is there anything you have an update on that you want to include this week? For example, you might have 
talked last week about a project or a solution for a problem and your boss went, yep, go find me a solution. And so in in this week, you want to report on, okay, I found three solutions and here's the pros and here's the cons. And so looking at your list from last week will remind you, oh, I need to report on that. If there's anything you were supposed to do and you haven't done, can you get it done before your O3? It's way better to go into your O3 and be able to say, yeah, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that, than it is to be able to go into your O3 and like, no, I haven't done that. No, I haven't done that. It's like, what have you been doing all week then? And there's nothing like the sinking feeling you get when your boss brings up the same thing for a second week in a row and you haven't made any progress. It's bad on you. It's not professional that you're not getting your tasks done. It feels bad that you've let down your boss. And it's just not a pleasant place to be. So if you start early enough and you look at your notes from last week, you will be able to get most of the things done, even if you forgot a couple of things. Right. Now the next piece. Check all the emails that your boss has sent you. Whatever email client you're using, you should be able to do like a search for all the emails from a single person. Now, don't restrict this search to just emails that your boss has directly sent to you. You want to include in your search all of the emails that went out to the team as a whole uh, or that you were CC'd on, any email that you got from your boss. And you also don't just go back to your last one-on-one. You want to go back to a couple of days prior to the last one-on-one. Now, in theory, there really shouldn't be many items from before your last one-on-one because you likely would have included it in your last one-on-one. And by way of reviewing your notes from last week, you'll know whether or not to include it. Somehow, things, though, that change during the week and, and something that was not important then becomes important now. So going back a couple of days prior and reviewing will be helpful. And you should really just be able to scan subject lines to remember roughly the email's contents, right? We're not suggesting that you read every word in every single email that was sent to you for the last week, week and a half. And you just want to jot down anything that you realize, oh, darn it, I need to think about that or or I need to chat with my manager about this, things that you want to rethink because they may come up this time in your one-on-one. And you can sort the emails during the week into folders. Like you might have an email and you think, I must talk to my, my boss about that in my one-on-one and you mark, you mark it, you put it in an O3 folder or you mark it with a certain flag or something like that. But experience has taught us that you should not rely on yourself for having done this efficiently. It's way better to go through the whole list of emails and double check that there wasn't something you wanted to include in your one-on-one. On one-on-one. It doesn't take more than a couple of minutes and you'll know that you're being comprehensive. And if you use methods other than email to communicate with your boss or your team, like Instant Messenger or Slack or Basecamp or text messages, all the things that people use to communicate, you need to check those too. So basically, we're looking for all the communication you've had with your boss during the week or the week and a couple of days before your last O3. And the communications checking doesn't end there. The next piece is check all the emails the opposite way, those you sent to your boss. So in your email client, you'll do the opposite search. Look at all of the emails you sent to your manager. And this time you want to look for things. Um, if Is there anything that you've sent a question that 
you've yet to get a reply to, you want to remind your manager about or follow up on. Um, are there any items that you'd like to discuss further? Right? You got an answer, but you had a couple of more questions. So again, you want to go back a couple of days prior to your last one-on-one just to be sure that you've caught everything in case there were some rollover items. Yeah, there always is somehow. Next up, check any reporting mechanisms. So most of us have to report work done into a spreadsheet or a database. You know, there's things that we have ticketing systems. We have spreadsheets that track our work. Let's say you're in procurement. You might have a database of all the contracts still under negotiation. You report on progress of those negotiations into a database. What you want to do is just run through all the open cases to see if there's anything that you want to talk to your boss about. And you could also look at the recently closed cases in case you want to report to your boss, oh, that that one's done. That one we talked about a couple of weeks ago that was a problem, now it's finished. So you just look through the ticketing system or whatever reporting system it is, looking for things that you might want to talk about. And Wendy, directs often feel as though reporting it on a database or whatever the accepted mechanism is, then removes their responsibility from having to discuss it in the future. I already reported. Why should I report it again? That's wrong thinking. You want to think about it from your boss's perspective, right? They've got somewhere between three and eight directs. If they're lucky, right, they may even have more. Each one of them is working on multiple projects, and there are probably multiple databases and ways to report in our tasks. Sure, your manager can go back and they can review the databases and see what we're all up to, but they have work to do too. So you want to help them out. Sure, they're going through, but you want to also remind them of those key things. And getting an overall view of where you are and your peers and their own projects by looking at the database, it's great for your manager, right? They can go and they can get that high-level view, but it's not going to stick in their head for more than an hour. Reporting twice, yes, from a direct perspective, it can be annoying, I already reported this. Why should I report it again? Why do we have the tracking system, the, the database, if I have to report it twice? But the smartest directs know that helping their boss know how well they're doing is in their own best interests. So sometimes it does. It feels like reporting it twice is stupid. It's ridiculous. And if it's stupid and it works... It's not stupid. Yeah. At the end of the year, you want your boss to remember all the things you were successful at. And he's much more likely to remember if you bring it up in your one-on-one than remembering that he looked at the database in June and thought you did a good job on this one case that's now closed and has been closed for six months because your review is at the end of the year. It's in your own best interest. Next up, check your follow-up list. If you've read Getting Things Done... Uh, David Allen calls this the waiting for list. It's the list of things that you've sent to other people and you are waiting for a response. I call it a follow-up list because it has some action to it. I don't like the passiveness, passivity of 
waiting for something, I like to follow it up. So that's why I call it a follow-up. And if you haven't read Getting Things Done, we highly recommend it. David Allen rewrote it, I think, a year, two years ago to include lots of technological updates that had happened since the first one. Although if you if you read the first one, you, you won't be going wrong. So it's a really good system. So whatever you call it, the list where you keep the list of all the things you're owed and by whom and what when you're expecting a response, that list is what you want to review before you're one-on-one. It might contain things you're waiting on from your boss, but also from other people in the organisation. And then if you've been waiting in, in an inordinate length of time, if you've been waiting what feels like too long, uh, whatever that time frame is for you, then you can talk to your boss about getting help to get the answer that you're clearly not getting from someone. So anything that you suddenly think, oh, I'm waiting for something for that person, I need to follow up with that person, anything that then you think I need to talk to my boss about, put that on your list. Absolutely. Now that we've checked our follow-up list, we want to also check our task list. So task list is where you keep everything that you need to do to get done by a specific date. Is there anything that um, you were supposed to have done that needs to get completed prior to your one-on-one? Are there things that you've gotten done that you want to tell your boss about, right? Milestones, accomplishments, things that we've completed. Uh, Is there anything, again, that you want help with, you need to request assistance with? Are there any roadblocks on your tasks that your boss might be able to help with? And you want to put all of those items as well onto your one-on-one list. Now you'll have a nice long list for your one-on-one. There'll be no awkward silences because you can fill them with all the things that you want to talk to your boss about. And prove that you are prepared in advance for the meeting. Exactly. And being prepared for meetings is a mark of professionalism. People who walk into meetings and go, oh, I can't remember, what what are we talking about? And oh, I was supposed to read that document before I came. Oh, sorry, let me read it now. I'll just be a minute. Being prepared is a mark of professionalism. Getting done what you say you're going to get done is also a mark of professionalism. It's part of the results and relationships part of being successful in your career. And your O3 is a chance to show that you're a professional, to show your professionalism, and you get to do it every single week. We said at the beginning, there's a tendency, it's a meeting that happens every week. It's you and your boss. It always goes the same way. They always start it with the same question. There's a tendency to let it atrophy. It becomes less important, right? And yet, it's such an it's such an opportunity for you that you get to have it every single week. So make the most of it by being prepared and being able to show your boss that you'll get, you, you've are you got results. And if you're not sure about that, getting results is what leads to raises and promotions. And there isn't anybody who doesn't want to raise. <laughs> <laughs> Things that happen every week can lead us to dismiss their importance. Don't do that and lose the opportunities that a weekly meeting with your boss allows you. Absolutely. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Wendy. Bye, everyone. That's it for this week. I hope it was helpful. We'll be back next week.